Hey everyone, welcome to Engage the Word. I'm your host, Elizabeth Rodriguez. I just wanted to start off by saying thank you so much for listening. The Lord, I know, He can do abundantly more than we could ever ask or think, and He absolutely proved that to me this week. I'm humbled by the incredibly kind and encouraging feedback that I've received. I appreciate it more than words can express. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Okay, so this episode, I want to spend time talking about meditating on God's Word. Earlier this week, on Tuesday, I had convinced my daughter to come with me to prayer group. She's tracked out of school right now. So um, I have this sweet group of ladies that I meet with on Tuesday mornings at church and uh, we pray together. And so on the way there, I was sharing with her my ideas for this week's podcast. I told her how I feel like we can so easily fall into the habit of reading the Bible just to check off a box. And um I really want to encourage people to read the Bible with purpose and intention. So anyway, we get there and during the meeting, really in the middle of our prayer time, one of the ladies just stops right in the middle and she says, I just think it's so important for us to remember that we need to spend time meditating on God's word, not just reading it. And immediately my daughter looks right over at me and uh, we just made eye contact and I knew exactly what she was thinking because we had just been talking about it. So yeah, that was my confirmation that this was the right topic for this week's episode. So you may be asking, what is biblical meditation? Well, it's not a mystical emptying of ourselves, but a filling. We're filling our heart and mind with thoughts about God and his word. I actually looked up the word meditate to see how it's used in scripture. And almost every occurrence of this word describes the focus of meditation along with stating the word meditation. So listen to these examples. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. Psalm 1 verse 2 is talking about the blessed man. So verse 2 says, But the blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Psalm 63 verses 5 through 7. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. And then Psalm 77, verses 11 through 14. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all of your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. And then Psalm 119. uh, I just pulled three verses that talk about meditation because that's a very long psalm. So Psalm 119 verse 15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. Verse 23 says, your servant will meditate 
on your statutes. And then verse 27 says, Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. When we meditate on God's word, we spend intentional time focusing on and thinking about who God is and what he has done according to the scriptures. So we have to engage the word to have something to meditate on, right? I think that's what it's saying. So uh, earlier this week, I also came across an article by, by Ivan Mesa. Uh, This is a quote from the article. I'll try to link the article uh, on the podcast as well. So there is more to the Christian life than Bible reading, but not less. Done well and consistently, even or especially when we don't feel like doing it, the decision to regularly make time to commune with the Lord through his word can powerfully shape our affections, convict us of sin, spur us toward evangelism, draw us closer to other believers, and more. So this made me think about how God's word has shaped my affections, convicted me of sin, spurred me toward evangelism, and helped me to draw closer to other believers. So as far as shaping my affections, um, this just made me think about how I actually had the wrong idea about God and his character very early on, before I trusted in Christ, I always thought of God as distant and scary and impersonal, even cold. But as I engaged the word, as I started reading and understanding better who God was, I realized that I couldn't have been more wrong about him. He is near and he is kind. He is personal and he is warm. Surely, we will be more inclined to worship and praise God for who he is and what he has done for us in Christ as we continually steep ourselves in his word. Okay, so how has God's word convicted me of sin? Well, I was just thinking about uh, how, how easy it is when I read the scriptures to kind of point the finger at other people's failures and uh, not think about my failures, right? Um, If we spend time actually thinking about what God is saying, then hopefully we will humbly allow the Lord to search our hearts and realize that there are areas where we've fallen short and we need to repent and seek the Lord's forgiveness. Uh, I know that has definitely happened for me on more than one occasion. Okay. Um, How has God's word spurred me toward evangelism? Well, in this case, if the more often that I'm in the word, well, it tells us, scripture says, out of the overflow of the heart, our mouths will speak. So if it's right there on the surface, if my heart and mind is filled with love and overflowing with the hope that I have in Christ, I want to share it with others and it very naturally flows out into conversations. So that's just one example of how um, God's word has spurred me toward evangelism. And God's word has helped me to draw closer to other believers. 
I teach women's Bible study. And I every semester, I, I tell the ladies just what an incredible blessing it is for us to come together and talk about what we're learning in God's word, the fellowship that we have uh, in Christ and in the word is just incredibly valuable. And it's not just about us growing in our knowledge of God, but in our love for him together. It's a beautiful thing and I would not trade it for the world. Um, just think about sitting together with the congregation on a Sunday morning. Our pastor was talking, just talking about this. What an incredible thing it is to be united in our love and worship of the Lord because of what we've learned about him in his word. There is no substitute for knowing God's word. There just isn't. Um, okay, so obviously this is just an audio recording. But I am a very visual person, and over the years I have heard many different illustrations, so I thought I would share a few with you uh, because you can picture these things in your mind, these illustrations about what meditating on God's Word is like, okay? So think of the Word as a tea bag. The longer the tea bag steeps in the water, the darker that the water gets and the stronger the flavor. So if we're steeping our mind and heart in the word, the more we do that, the more it will impact our knowledge and understanding of God and surely our love for him. Another illustration that I've heard before of this idea of meditating on God's word is thinking of the word as a marinade. And of course, like any marinade, when you're marinating meat, uh, the longer you soak it in there, the more that it absorbs the flavor and um, goodness, right? I've also heard meditating on God's word described as, uh, you know, a cow chewing the cud over and over, kind of bringing it back up. I don't particularly care for <laughs> for that one because it's kind of gross. But anyway, uh, that is another illustration that I've uh, heard and it is effective. Um, me personally, I like to use the illustration when I'm sharing about reading and studying the, the word water skiing versus scuba diving. So I was trying to figure out how meditating could fit into this picture. Basically, when I'm teaching, I tell the ladies that reading is like water skiing. You're just going quickly skimming over the surface of the water. So over the surface of the word. When you're studying the Bible, you're scuba diving. You're grabbing all your tools and you're putting your gear on because you're going to go down deep and dive and explore and spend some time there. So studying the Bible is like scuba diving. Meditating on God's word is sort of in the middle. So I'm thinking meditating could be sort of like snorkeling. <laughs> it's not like a deep dive, but you are breaking the surface of the water and looking around a bit to see what's there and uh, observing some things. Okay, so when you're meditating, you definitely spend a little time focusing on what is there in the immediate area, right? So in the future, we're going to spend time talking about context, staying on the line of scripture, all of that good Bible study stuff. But for now, um, I think that you could, if you could just ponder a few simple questions throughout the day, 
simple questions about whatever it is that you've read, it would really be helpful. Here's a couple of questions that I was thinking about. First question, what did you notice? So whether you've read one verse or a passage or a chapter or multiple chapters, sit down for a second when you're finished reading and think about what did you notice? Did a particular word or phrase stand out to you? Maybe something was repeated. Did someone in the passage that you just read respond to their circumstances in an unexpected way? And what did you think about that? Maybe it was God whose character, conduct, or concerns surprised you. Uh, I encourage you, if you only have time to meditate on one thing from what you've read, always spend time meditating on what you learned about God. After all, the Bible is about him. He is the main character. So if you can, I also encourage you to write down your reflections from the passage that you read. Now I know we're all, uh, we're all coming from different points and perspectives and uh, we're all at a different place in our walk. Let's just put it that way. And so some of us may be reading just a tiny portion of scripture and some of us may be reading a larger portion of scripture. But this works no matter where you are on that spectrum. That's why I like it. Um, in fact, okay, so I am a fan of sticky notes and three by five cards. I'm sure my family can attest to it. They probably find sticky notes and cards everywhere. And of course, in my Bible, if it ever falls on the floor, there's stuff that just flies out of it. I like to write these things down. I may just pick a particular verse from the passage that I read for that day or uh, a word I might just write down. So I encourage you, if you want to get a little journal uh, and write stuff down, you can use sticky notes and three by five cards. Or if you're technologically savvy, uh, I will share one tip with you that I actually just learned about today from a dear sister in Christ. Uh, all right, so she showed me on her phone how she creates a little widget that uh, has her verse for the day. So she might read a passage and there's a particular verse that really stands out for her that she wants to roll around in her mind and heart. And so she actually creates a widget on her phone with that verse. And the cool thing about it is she's got her phone with her all day long. So when she opens to the home screen, it pops up immediately. And of course, what a great reminder that, hey, I've got a verse and so she'll read it and think about it. And then if she wants to intentionally go and look at it later, she can do that. Uh, refer to it basically anytime that she wants to throughout the day. I thought that was pretty cool. And I'm actually going to attempt to create a widget <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, I, I really love this idea. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um before we walk through an example, I just want to say one more thing about reading. Again, there is no substitute for God's word. Devotionals, a lot of people like to use them, especially the ones that have like maybe one verse and then a bunch of commentary. But I really want to encourage you to get into the word yourself. Over the years, when I first started reading uh, scripture, it was through those devotionals. I would read the one little verse and then the commentary about it. And I would think, okay, I'm, I'm done for the day. This is awesome. I've done my Bible reading. The problem is, as I look back on it, I was essentially getting a bunch of random 
dots that didn't connect in any way. It wasn't until I took it one step further. I still wasn't necessarily reading huge passages of scripture, but I would actually take the time to open my Bible and find that verse in context. So I would read it within the paragraph that it was in. Sometimes if I had extra time, I would actually read the whole chapter. But most of the time in the beginning, I was just reading the verse within the paragraph. And it helped me so much to understand it rightly, right, in context, but also just to begin making connections. It is very, very difficult to do that if all you ever do is read one verse a day. And I definitely encourage you to spend at least as much time reading the Word of God as you are spending reading other people's words about God. So, all right. I thought what I would do so that we could engage the Word together, I would share an example with you from one of my readings this week. So I was in John chapter 15. We are doing a study in our life groups about the fruit of the Spirit. And so I was reading John 15 verses 1 through 11 this week. And so I'll read that to you. And then I'm kind of going to walk you through some of the things that I thought about as I was meditating on it. Okay. So you can follow along with me in your Bible on your device or just simply listen as I'm reading. Okay. John chapter 15, verse 1. God's word says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not, that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Mm. Okay, so if I was, as I was sitting down reading that, the first time, there was one thing that immediately (laughs) jumped out at me and maybe it jumped out at you. I noticed that the word abide and specifically the phrase abide in me is repeated over and over and over again in this passage. Uh, So I, I actually marked them in my Bible and I started thinking about what is Jesus saying? 
abide in me. Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? Well, I actually went back and I started reading it. I, a lot of times I'll repeat, read it over and over and over again. That's sort of the way I begin meditating on it. And as I read through, I realized that the answer to my question lay in verse 10. So Jesus actually says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So when he's talking about abiding, he's talking about obedience. So in our obedience, we demonstrate our love for him. And that is how we abide in him. Uh, anyway, I I never would have connected that if I hadn't gone back and read it more than once. And if I hadn't just noticed the fact that he says, abide, 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 abide many, many times. Not every passage you read is going to have repetition like that. But the fa- uh, someone once told me, if he repeats it once, then obviously, you know, it's something that he wants you to notice. But this phrase is repeated, I mean, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, like 10 times in the passage, okay? Almost once for every verse. This is so important. So as I went through the day, I just kept thinking about abiding in Christ and, and my obedience to him trying to think through, you know, how often am I being obedient or do I even think about my obedience to him? It it just made me think about things in, in a different way. And so I just, this is just one teeny tiny example of how you could spend time reading and then meditating on what God's word says. Okay, I just want to encourage you. Don't settle for a life that is distant from God. The Lord drew me out of a distant place as I engaged his word. And I firmly believe that he will do the same for you. Remember, I said it in the first episode and I'll just keep repeating it and repeating it. We have to remember that he is the prize. Fellowship with God, fellowship with Christ is the prize He is the treasure. So next week, I actually have something very special. I I mentioned in the first episode that I was hoping to be able to have others join me on the podcast. And so God willing, next week will be a special episode where I get to speak with one of my dear sisters in Christ about what engaging the word looks like in her day-to-day life. And I hope that it will be encouraging to you. So anyway, all right. Uh, I'm so thankful that you joined me today. And I pray that this will be helpful, not just encouraging to you, but equipping you to be able to better engage God's word. Thanks for joining me today. Once again, this is all for the glory of God, so I just pray that his will be done.